Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Natasha Cowden coming to you from Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, another Chi Alpha leader is out at the Assemblies of God College Campus Ministry. He was director over the regions where convicted sex offender Daniel Savala had access to students, and we'll have some details. And Joel Osteen is brought to tears during a Sunday service as he announces that his Houston church has paid off a $100 million loan. And also, we'll have churches who face fines for sheltering the homeless during this brutal winter weather. More on that later in the program. We begin today with news that author and pastor Mike Breen has resigned from his role as lead communicator at Apex Church in Ohio. Mike Breen has been a well-known figure in the missional church and in Anglican circles. This resignation comes after he confessed to an extended sexual affair with a vulnerable member of their church. The church has so far not issued a statement despite repeated inquiries from Ministry Watch, but 3D Movements, a ministry that Breen founded in 2008 and served with until 2014, issued a statement concerning Breen. In that statement, they said that Breen had confessed to the allegations of sexual misconduct and resigned from his leadership position at Apex. The Apex board hired an independent agency to investigate and evaluate the facts of the case. In addition to the sexual misconduct, they found evidence that Mike also abused his power through bullying and intimidation, along with a reluctance and sometimes a refusal to seek reconciliation. And they went on to say, we deplore these actions and grieve the destructive effect that they have had on those entrusted to Mike's leadership. This immoral behavior and abuse of power are not compatible with the values of 3D movements. Now, can you give us a little history on Breen and his legacy in the Anglican Church? Yeah, Breen was originally ordained in the Church of England. In 1994, he became the rector of St. Thomas Church Crooks, which is in Sheffield, England. And under his leadership, that church became one of the largest churches in England. In part on the strength of that experience, Breen rose to prominence as a leader in the so-called missional church movement. In 2007, Breen led the European Church Planting Network, which was an initiative of the Leadership Network, which is a well-known evangelical organization. That organization claims to have planted more than a thousand churches in Europe over the next five years. Well, our next story is the latest on Chi Alpha, a college campus ministry sponsored by the Assemblies of God Church. Eli Gotro, a Chi Alpha leader who was in a position of leadership over college chapters in both Texas and New Mexico, no longer holds credentials with the Assemblies of God, according to a statement that the denomination released. Gotro started with the Sam with Sam Houston State University's Chi Alpha chapter and also served as the director of South Texas District and North Texas District and over New Mexico areas where convicted sex offender Daniel Savala had both access and influence. Can you remind us a little of Savala's story? 
Yeah, you bet. Savala was indicted by a McClellan County, Texas grand jury last September for indecency with a child and trafficking in persons. In October, Savala was also charged by the Houston Police Department with sexual assault of a child and indecency with a child by sexual conduct. That according to the Waco Tribune Herald. So what's the connection between these two men? Well, an email obtained by Ministry Watch shows that Gotro, as early as 2012, was defending Daniel Savala and asking others to send letters of support for leniency in the sentencing of Savala, who was facing at that time sexual abuse charges in Alaska. Uh, Savala remained in contact with Chi Alpha chapter leaders in the areas that fell under Gotro's supervision. In May of 2023, Gotro was placed on leave as part of the ongoing investigation in Savala's involvement in Chi Alpha. The Assemblies of God did not state the date when Gotro's credentials were revoked, but a letter dated December 20th of 2023, about a month ago, by the Assemblies of God Director of Mission Support, Tim LaFoon, said that Gotro was no longer eligible for U.S. missions status. Orin, let's look at one more story before we take a break. The SBC is in the news. The Southern Baptist Convention has failed again in its search for a new leader for its executive committee, which handles the denomination's business between the annual meetings. The committee announced on Tuesday of this week that the leading candidate for the president and CEO of the executive committee had withdrawn his name. He's the second prospective top executive whose candidacy has failed. Do you know why he withdrew? Well, according to Baptist Press, the unnamed candidate withdrew after much prayer, fasting, and a desire to be in the center of God's will. But beyond that, we really don't know the reason. The executive committee has now been without a permanent leader for two and a half years since the fall of 2021, when the former Arkansas megachurch pastor Ronnie Floyd resigned as CEO and president after losing a battle over the investigation of the SBC's handling of sexual abuse. Jonathan Howe currently serves as the interim president and CEO. Howe was named as a temporary fill-in when Willie McLaurin, another (laughs) short uh, tenured president, uh, resigned but remained in that role after another candidate bowed out last fall. Howe is expected to remain, by the way, as interim. Well, Warren, let's take a short break here. When we return, celebrity pastor Joel Osteen breaks down in front of his congregation as he announces that the church has paid off a $100 million loan. I'm Natasha Cowden, along with my co-host Warren Smith. We'll have that story and much more after this short break. Hey, everybody. Warren Smith here interrupting the podcast uh, with a couple of quick updates regarding Ministry Watch. First of all, we met our year-end goal. If you gave during November and December of 2023, uh, just can't tell you how grateful I am. And also (laughs) wanted to let you know that our needs go on. So if you did not give... Uh, we would love to hear from you in January or February uh, with uh, a gift. If you've got any left over after all those Christmas expenditures, uh, we would um, be grateful. Just go to uh, ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. 
Also wanted to let you know that we're going to have uh, some, I would call them relatively minor changes, but I think significant changes to the way we do things here at Ministry Watch over the next month or two. Number one, we're making some tweaks to our website that we think will make it a little more user-friendly and uh, readable uh, that uh, I hope you will enjoy. And we're also going to be making some changes to our database as well so that uh, you can get to that database a little more easily and find things that you are looking for uh, more quickly. So stay tuned during the month of January and February for some uh, minor but important improvements to the way we do things here uh, at Ministry Watch. Again, thank you so much for your support. God bless, and let's get back to the podcast. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Cowden, along with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Well, up next is a story we promised before the break. It's a story involving Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church. Joel Osteen, uh, as many of our listeners probably know, Natasha, is the longtime pastor of Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. They announced on Sunday uh, that they had paid off nearly a $100 million debt that they had been, that had been hanging over their head for almost 20 years. Since his father's passing in 1999, Osteen has led Lakewood Church, and it's become one of the largest non-denominational churches in the world. Lakewood's average weekly attendance has multiplied to nearly 50,000 people, with some 200 million watching on TV or online. Wow, that's an amazingly large number. But we checked it out, by the way, and turns out that Africa, Asia, countries uh, um, put Osteen on multiple um, systems there, and that's where they get that 200 million number. Uh, a main component of Lakewood's growth was in its relocation to the Compact Center, which is the former home of the Houston Rockets uh, basketball team. That was back in 2001. Initially, Lakewood signed a 60-year lease with the city of Houston for $11.5 million dollars that money had been left to the church by his father. But the arena needed major renovations to support the expanding church. So the locker rooms and the food stands became nurseries and meeting rooms. A five-story building was erected adjacent to the arena to house offices and support the TV broadcast operations. And the interior layout and exterior facade of the arena were also dramatically updated. By the way, I should say, though, that Joel Osteen and Lakewood Church, despite this significant financial accomplishment, has zero stars out of five from Ministry Watch for financial efficiency and an F transparency grade, only three out of 100 uh, for its donor confidence score. It's one of the worst ministries in our database. Our next story addresses a very important reality, and that's burnout in ministry work, and one ministry that's really making a difference there. That ministry is Shepherd's Canyon Retreat Ministry. It's in Wickensburg, Arizona, and it hosts intensive week-long counseling programs designed to help ministry leaders overcome burnout as a short-term catalyst for change. According to a 2022 Barna survey, 42% of pastors have considered quitting full-time ministry due to stress, political division, and loneliness in recent years. Phil Lee, who is the 
counseling care director at Shepherd's Canyon, has seen all of these reasons, stress, political division, and loneliness, and more firsthand. And he believes that the number that Barna puts at 42% could be, in fact, much higher. And Shepherd's Canyon ministry alone, they grew 40% just last year. So who all can attend the retreats that they provide, and how do they work? Well, they work with anyone in a ministry role. That could be missionaries, military chaplains, Christian educators, pastors, worship leaders. They've all been there. Uh, Every retreat is facilitated by two licensed therapists and a chaplain. They do group counseling in the morning and individual therapy in the afternoon and offer plenty of time and space in the evenings for self-care and reflection. And at the end of the week, every participant is equipped with an action plan to help them go forward. So how can churches create a culture that keep burnout from happening in the first place? Well, that's that's a great question. In fact, Lee's advice is that we need more preventative measures, which means training pastors with practical theology in seminary, especially emphasizing things like how to handle dysfunction, bad habits, sin, or a lack of interpersonal communications within the church. Lee says that we need to be asking how we can form wise pastors, not only from a theological standpoint, but also wise in the ways of human nature. Yeah, by the way, a couple of notes on this story, Natasha. First, uh, you and I have just touched the tip of the iceberg here. It's uh, Brittany Smith wrote a, an excellent story, a robust story, and I recommend it to anybody who might be interested in this topic, or perhaps they or their church are going through um, a season where there's been clergy burnout. It's right on the front page of our website. And I also want to mention that this story came to us as a suggestion from one of our readers. Uh, You know, we were writing a lot of stories about clergies who fell. They said, why don't you focus on a ministry that helps pastors from falling or recovering once they have. Thought it was a great idea, and this story will be one of several that we're going to do in the months ahead. If you have a question, or rather a suggestion for a story that you think we should do here at Ministry Watch, perhaps another ministry like this one, uh, just hit the reply button on our daily emails and let us know what you're thinking. Well, staying on the theme of ministry leaders, we have news of a pastor charged with $3.2 million in crypto fraud. Yeah, his name is Eligio Regalato. Uh, He goes by Eli, and his wife run Victorious Grace Church in Denver, Colorado. They targeted Christians in the area with their new form of cryptocurrency, which they called Index Coin, which was sold only on their Kingdom Wealth Exchange, but the Wealth Exchange closed for good on November the 1st. Now, Eli Regalato promised his followers that many of you very soon are going to have more money than you've ever had in your life by participating in this crypto. That was one of the promises he made in the marketing materials. He also promised that he would tithe and sow invested funds to help widows and orphans. But more than 300 people who invested between June of 2022 and April of 23 may never see their money again especially because the couple spent at least $1.3 million on themselves, then donated another $290,000 to their nonprofit virtual church, which has since disappeared from the internet. The couple had no previous experience with crypto, and their Kingdom Wealth Exchange was catastrophically technically deficient, according to court documents. 
The couple claimed this whole thing was God's idea. Yeah, Eli Regalado claimed that God is in the business of doing new things and breaking seals, and he did tell us to do this. The couple were good at marketing and had previously run a Christian firm called Grace-Led Marketing, but they were bad at finances. They spent investor funds so quickly that they occasionally had to shut down their own kingdom wealth exchange. Each time, the Regalados told investors that God wanted them to stay in the crypto fund and would perform miracles to make them rich. But all they really gave were empty promises. Yeah, that's right. Colorado Security Commissioner issued a warning to people anxious to get rich through crypto. They stated new coins and new exchanges are easy to create with open source code. And we want to remind people, though, that they should be very skeptical. Warren, we need to take another break. When we return our lightning round of Ministry News of the Week. I'm Natasha Cowden with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hey everybody, Warren Smith here interrupting the podcast uh, with a couple of quick updates regarding Ministry Watch. First of all, we met our year-end goal. If you gave during November and December of 2023, uh, just can't tell you how grateful I am. And also (laughs) wanted to let you know that our needs go on. So if you did not give, uh, we would love to hear from you in January or February uh, with uh, a gift. If you've got any leftover after all those Christmas expenditures, uh, we would... um, be grateful. Just go to uh, ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. Also wanted to let you know that we're going to have some, I would call them relatively minor changes, but I think significant changes to the way we do things here at Ministry Watch over the next month or two. Number one, we're making some tweaks to our website that we think will make it a little more user-friendly and uh, readable uh, that uh, I hope you will enjoy. And we're also going to be making some changes to our database as well so that uh, you can get to that database a little more easily and find things that you are looking for uh, more quickly. So stay tuned during the month of January and February for some uh, minor but important improvements to the way we do things here uh, at Ministry Watch. Again, thank you so much for your support. God bless, and let's get back to the podcast. Welcome back. I'm Natasha Cowden with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. We like to use this last segment as a sort of lightning round of shorter news briefs. What's up first? Well, this week, much of the U.S. is experiencing dangerously cold temperatures. I know we have here in Charlotte, though it's warm today. The National Weather Service has issued a warning to avoid outside activities, if at all possible, in many parts of the country. So many churches are stepping up to provide overnight warming shelters for those experiencing homelessness in their cities. Uh, But that service is not without cost, both financially, of course, but now for some churches legally as well. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, last week, leaders of the uh, Wyoton Lutheran Church in Rapid City, South Dakota, put up an Arctic weather tent on their church property so that homeless people in the area could come and stay warm. City officials, though, ordered them to remove the tent because it violated 
building code uh, regulations, and they say it posed a fire hazard. First Baptist Church of Edwardsville, Illinois, is another church. They've been under fire for using their church as a shelter during the bitterly cold weather. They were cited by the city of Edwardsville for operating without a special use permit and have faced $750 in fines for each day that they continued to operate. And another example, in Bryan, Ohio, Pastor Chris Avell, he has been served with 18 criminal charges for zoning violations on New Year's Eve. He's pleaded not guilty in court uh, because he kept the church open as a shelter for the homeless during winter months. And what's our next story? Well, religious Americans are continuing to give to their houses of worship and to other causes with money and in-kind donations, despite the inflation that we've seen the last few years and the rising cost of living. According to this survey, more than 8 in 10, 81% to be precise, uh, faith-based givers donated money in 2023 to their houses of worship. About 60% gave $1,000 or more, according to the Giving in Faith Exploring Key Trends in Religious Giving Study. It's a uh, report uh, jointly published by Givelify, a mobile and online app, and the Indiana University Lake Institute for Faith and Giving, which is a reputable group that we've quoted from many times in the past here at Ministry Watch. The research in the report is based on a survey conducted in August and September of last year. Now, if you're interested in more data about this study, because it really does have some interesting stuff, uh, go to the ministrywatch.com website. That study is right on the front page. And who did Christina highlight in Ministries Making a Difference? Well, several this week. In fact, it was a very robust report. Uh, A Child's Hope International hosted its first public pack of 2024. More than 300 volunteers showed up to pack over 99,000 meals that will be sent uh, to the African country of Eswanidi. By the way, Natasha, I had to look up where Eswanidi is. I'd never heard of that country. It's in the southern part of the of the continent. In 2023, A Child's Hope International reached vulnerable children in 12 countries, including the United States, serving more than 3 million meals and providing more than 5 million gallons of clean water. And I should mention, too, that A Child's Hope International is one of the very top-rated ministries in the Ministry Watch database. They got a Shining Light Award from us last year, which put them in about the top 3% of all ministries in our database. They basically had the top score in financial efficiency and transparency and in donor confidence. So good news from that ministry. We also wanted to mention that American Heritage Girls, which uh, was formed, I think, 25 years ago as a Christian alternative to the Girl Scouts of America, uh, packed 16,000 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child this year. And Adult and Teen Challenge has developed a military specialization program. It's a 30-day faith-based residential recovery program for active duty service members struggling with alcohol and addiction. And finally, just want to shout out Door International. It's a ministry to the deaf. They're celebrating 40 years of ministry this year. And Warren, do you have any final thoughts before we go today? Yeah, uh, several. Uh, Number one is we've made some changes to the front page of our website. We think we've made it a little easier to use, um, uh, change the typeface up a little bit, and we hope you enjoy that and find it a little more helpful to you going forward. 
Also wanted to mention that uh, we've created a new investigations page. A lot of the stories that we do here at Ministry Watch unfold over time. And if you just read one article here and there, you probably wouldn't get the whole picture. So we thought that it would be good to aggregate a lot of the stories that we've written about a particular topic. So, for example, Chi Alpha that we talked about today, the Southern Baptist Convention, and so on. We've aggregated all those stories in one place on our website. Just hit the Investigations tab at the top of the page to see some of our ongoing investigations. And finally, I wanted to mention that we've made, a, I think, a fairly substantial change to our Ministry 1000 database. We've created a pro-life category. Now, we've had a lot of pro-life ministries in our uh, database before, but they've been classified sometimes as advocacy or sometimes as Christian education. But we've now taken all of those ministries and put them in their own category called pro-life. Makes sense. And uh, we thought that that might uh, be more helpful for those of you who are trying to decide which pro-life ministries that you want to give to. That's the place to go. Now, I wanted to mention one more thing before we go, Natasha, and that is that I'll be in California, Colorado, Tennessee, and Texas over the course of the next month. And if you live in those states, I'd like to meet you if you're around. Just keep an eye on your inbox for invitations to lunches and other events that I'll be holding in uh, Los Angeles, in Colorado Springs, in Nashville, and in Dallas. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Stephen DeBerry, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Kim Roberts, Bob Smetania, Zach Rivas, Brittany Smith, Steve Raby, Daniel Ritchie, Adele M. Banks, Christina Darnell, and you, Warren. And you've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.